Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Weird Science Marvel Comics Podcast. This is a Star Wars episode where me and my man Matt will be going through the latest issue of Bounty Hunters. But before we get to that, let me remind you to go over to Twitter at WS Marvel Comics. Follow us, we'll follow you back. Go to our website, WeirdScienceMarvelComics.com, to check out written reviews. And then, if you would, go to our Patreon, patreon.com slash weird science, where you can help us out for everything we do here on the regular feed. Plus, get a ton of other shows. Just go there, subscribe to whatever level is right for you, and then join into the Get Fresh crew. But as I said, me and Matt, we're going to be talking a little bounty hunters here where, you know, we have some fun with this latest issue. Talk a bit about the Crimson Dawn, Crimson Rain, all this stuff going down. And yeah, so why not just get to it? So here we go. Me and Matt talking some Star Wars. And I am here with Matt. What up, Matt? What up, Jim? What up? And we're here with Star Wars Bounty Hunters number 24. And it's weird. You end up this book. It'll not come out for a couple months and then they'll just shove a couple issues in a row because mm-hmm. it's been like three weeks with two issues here where we get this 24 catching up with everything else. And I do think trying to get some things going as we're going to end that Crimson Rain little mini next week. So you kind of have to get things in order and whatnot. Not that it's as, you know, down as it had to be in Bounty Hunters, the War of the Bounty Hunters. But remember, the Bounty Hunters book was the one that was really delayed then as yeah. well. So it's it's nothing new. When when the Bounty Hunters book doesn't come out for a while, I'm just like, well, that's kind of what yeah, it no does. Big deal. So, yeah. yeah, it's a weird deal. And we do mention it, but I don't hear a lot of other people really going with that idea. These Star Wars books have a lot of delays. There's a lot of them that end up not coming out for a while, then they come. But overall, we kind of get the idea of the story and the story in Bounty Hunters with, you know, Tonga, Lasha, and her crew going to save Kedalia. We've talked about this before. It's getting a little stale. Mm-hmm. We want something new. We want something, you know, bigger, I guess. I don't know bigger, but I want something more than just okay, each issue, well, we're trying to find Cadelia. Let's get closer. Let's get closer. It does look like they're really close now, even though this starts as a part one. And I hope that this does end. I want to see Cadelia be saved. I want to see her go get the between, you know, the clans, try to pull them together. But kind of want to get on to classic in between Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi type of bounty hunting stuff. And there could be a lot of stuff going on. Something pops up on a hologram and they say, this is the bounty. Go get them. And then you go get them. It's fun. Yeah. And when they first announced the Bounty Hunters book and I didn't know anything, I'm just like, okay, I thought this was going to be almost like an anthology deal, or at least you'd have like the first three issue arc. We follow Dengar. No, Mm -hmm. let's go and see IG-88. Let's go and see somebody new. Let's go see this. And it's more, it was about Valance at the beginning, who we actually really grew to like. And right when we're really liking him, he then kind of gets fixed, at least mm-hmm. his face. He gets a sexy look. And then he's more in the Darth Vader book. He's in this one, too. He's in this issue. But even then, just doesn't feel like Valance. Him working for Darth Vader and having the sexy face, it just doesn't feel like Valance nope. to me. He's, like a sh- he's a shell of himself here. And I yes. think they might be playing that. And so what my hope is, we end up getting Kedalia. Maybe you get Tonga and Lash to continue, but they seem really like fixed on going and retiring together. I, I think that maybe after this mission and trying to get Kedalia, they might say, yeah, let's let's go back to farming, even though I think that might be why you get the, 
the bloodlust for Lasha. Like she's mm-hmm. not going to want to go back to the foot, but I hope that they end up having a nice time. Maybe go away for a little and then come back uh, later in the book. But I do want balance. I'm hoping this is just again before we get into this. This is my hopes and dreams. I'm hoping that first off, Dengar gets back to Mora's goofy self, right? So yep. you have Dengar. I want all hell to break loose with Darth Vader being mad at both Balance. Balance comes back here, right? And Ochi. Have them as the team. They're the three bounty hunters then. And just have <laughs> them go off and have crazy. They're the three stooges. You have them go. Uh, obviously, Balance is Mo, and he's like knocking the heads of Dengar and Ochi together. It'd be hilarious. Plus, keep, <laughs> Den- keep Ochi's helmet on. We don't need that off. But this is Star Wars Bounty Hunters number 24. Now back to what we actually have. Mm-hmm. Written by Ethan Sachs, art by Paolo Villanella, and it's nice to have him back. Yes. Looks really good. Arif Priano on colors, letters by VCs Travis Lanham. Maybe it's his art that's delayed, and that's why we had Could be, the yeah. issue a couple weeks ago was that, you know, good enough art, but didn't really fit the book. It was very, you know, all ages like. But mm-hmm. here is the recap. It is time of a bloody, uh, it is time of bloody warfare in the underworld sparked by the machinations of Crimson Dawn. Cadalia, the young heir to war and crime syndicate's unbroken clan, the Mourner's Whale, is being held captive by the shadowy organization. Tonga and her crew of bounty hunters have captured Vukra, the leader of the unbroken clan, in an effort to find Cadalia's whereabouts and rescue her. Obviously, we know that she is with the Crimson Dawn on their ship. Meanwhile, dastardly Dengar has assassinated the leader of the Mourner's Whale, probably the most badass thing he's ever done, on behalf of Crimson Dawn. His new assignment, Infiltrate Tonga's crew. Elsewhere in the galaxy, Valance has been pressed into the service of Darth Vader against his will. But being part of the Empire has proven more seductive than he could ever imagine. I think he wants out already. Don't give yeah. me that. He seems he wants out. And one of the things that we talked about, you know, back in some other podcasts and things like that, is not just the idea, okay, we have Crimson Dawn. We have him hard and heavy here. You know, they are on, you have them on every book. Every book's a tie into this Crimson Rain, every, even if it doesn't really work out that way, but it is. And the idea of having them be this, everybody's in Crimson Dawn. I mean, you can't go down a street without bumping into three Crimson Dawn people that will say, <laughs> I await the dawn. And it almost feels too big. It feels like it's too much, especially when we then go off to Return of the Jedi. And we're waiting for, okay, what happens to them? Do they get pulled down? But everybody's part of this and i don't mind that but it's it's really overtaking the whole line of books anytime anything goes on you end up having that little caveat that you can throw in of oh that's crimson dawn that's a crimson dawn agent that's there and it feels like almost it's too much it's a crutch at points and i kind of just i don't know i want to get back to just some of the books just doing their own thing and not having to be so related to whisperings of the Crimson Dawn. Well, also, the they never, maybe we'll get that. Never once mentioned Crimson Dawn in any of the main movies or anything. Yeah, so so that, that plays out in a wonky way as well. Yeah, it's and like, so when you're doing this, and it is, again, you had Darth Maul involved, and you had tied it in a different media and stuff, but with this, it just ends up at this point where I say to you, hey, we're going to be dealing with the stuff between Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi. Oh, man, you know, original trilogy, that's awesome. Let's go. And it feels like they thought they needed to add something else bigger, but it was already like, I just want to see what happened between. I want to see mainly Luke training to what he gets to in Return of the Jedi. I want to see what the Rebels are doing to kind of go with their deal. And in a Bounty Hunter's book, I kind of just went bounty hunting and see. Now, one of the big plays is was 
Han and Carbonite. You have to see it. And we already saw that. So after seeing, and you said that that was kind of the bummer of, we already saw what was one of the big things between the movies. We saw him and he's in Jabba's palace as we speak now. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so like, what else do you do then? Besides, I said, Luke training uh, and stuff like an Afra. We just have Afra doing her own thing, doing that. And then Bounty Hunters, let's see. But yeah, it's kind of a, a weird play right now where there is a lull after the War of the Bounty Hunters that people weren't really that crazed about. You have this Crimson Dawn that seems to almost be, you know, almost like a, a deadweight anchor at points holding things back. And I, I just want to kind yeah, of get true. through that. In this book itself, I do want them to get Cadalia. I don't want a little girl to die. I also want to see that Cadalia then just becomes like the most ruthless leader of these gangs. Like <laughs> this little girl is going to go so bad. But you end up where they're trying to find her. She is with the Crimson Dawn. Dengar says that he is able to lead them there. And the reason is I was one of the only ones who was on the, you know, their home ship or mealing and came off. I thought they were going to say, well, they, they send a lot of invitations to people. You you were there for something else, but he's also working for Crimson Dawn, as we know, and he's there, and we have to wonder how is he going to screw them. Well, that that should they should have thought of that though. Like, hey, this guy got off the ship. Maybe he's working for them. Yeah, and you know? they seem to be very, you know. I, I mean, they guess don't it's trust one of those really, like but... honor among thieves. But Dengar, yeah. nobody trusts this guy. But like I said, it's a weird play, and me and you will talk about it as the idea that. He always seemed to be the bumbling fool that we like to laugh at, but he, he wants to be bad. He wants to be recognized, but he kind of had almost a heart of gold. He wasn't really bad, but in this, the whole play was he's been trying to get his girlfriend back. She was in prison in Jabba's palace. He end up, she, he did that. He ended up being able to do that work with, you know, Jabba, and he got his girlfriend back. I think that she's like running the show now. Me and you both think that, right? That yeah, she's there. She's calling and the you, shots. You said she's Yoko, and how dare you? How dare you say <laughs> Yoko got a lot of crap in the deal. And I'm one as a kid, and I'm a huge Beatles fan. And for years and years, I was so like, oh, Yoko, you. The more you look into it, Paul had way more to do it. I'm telling I you, was Yoko say, was one of Yoko, Paul's wives. Paul yeah. is one of the big deals. And I love Paul. I love all the Beatles. But. I've grown to realize that John just loved Yoko and just like balance or balance, just like Dengar loves his girlfriend, but she seems to get out of jail and like, all right, buddy, we're going to do things my way. I'm like, this doesn't feel like Dengar anymore. And I think that she's cracking the whip, but mm -hmm. he's there. He pretty much just bad mouths everybody and then says, okay, you want to torture Vukara for info? Let me add it. I'll be able to do it. You guys are nonsense. You don't know how to do this game. And then he goes in. I do like this scene a lot because Vukra, obviously, this is Dengar is not on the up and up, but Vukra has no idea. Yeah. Dengar comes in. Yeah, Vukra is talking so much trash here and continues the trash as Dengar is setting up to help her and she doesn't realize it. And he finally goes like, man, they say I talk a lot like shut your mouth because he ends up doing the crap. He cuts the cords of the security camera in there. Which, again, that's a classic detective, you know, movie police where they go in like, OK, now I'm going to crack some heads. You got to turn off the cameras so there's no evidence. And as he's still, mm -hmm. oh, what? You turn off the cameras? You think you're big stuff? You think I'm scared? <laughs> he says, like, Just shut up. I'm here to help you because here we are. And we're both await the dawn together and gives her this knife and gives her the knife that she then hides. Now, 
in that I thought that they were just going to come out rooting tooting. It's not that big a thing. He ends up giving it a knife for later. You don't really see what they say. But he comes out. The, the thing being is he goes in to torture Vukra. Doesn't tor- he knew all the information before. Go- he knows where Kadalia is because he's working with Crimson Dawn. Yeah, They're exactly. at Crimson Dawn. He's leading them there. And even then, you kind of think that Tanya and Lasha should know. And this is where also where the Vermilion is. He knew all this. So he goes out. He tells them they're on their way. And then we go off to what is a weird deal, like almost in my mind that Ethan Sachs didn't have enough story for this issue of what he needed to tell before the end of maybe Crimson Rain or whatnot. Because we go off to see Valance and that squad, which I tell you right now, I I know none of them. They they end up where they're like, okay, are you in position? Are you in position? I'm like, we really didn't do enough to get me to know they've introduced them before though right these people yeah they have but if i said to you right now name one of their names no i wouldn't be able to they didn't introduce them enough you just ended up having and and when they're dressed up in like fake imperial then you really don't know them because we know them as oh there's those three that ended up being the good people who just want to take down the crimson dawn and then you have this and all the people vader's playing with but valance even with a sexy face I didn't even know it was him at first. And the, oh, yeah, it's Valance. It keeps throwing me off. But mm-hmm. the big play is they are protecting this real hate monger. This guy here yeah. who is one of the Imperial guys. He is yelling and screaming. and He's pounding you know, his fist and oh stuff. Oh, my God. He's over the top. Somebody is there to kill this general. This is General Ascarhorn who is yelling nonsense. We're going to, every grenade's going to go out and kill a rebel. Every this, he's just yelling. He's rallying the troops here, but there's an assassin or assassins in the crowd. And that's where they're on security detail as they go through a valance in his team. So you end up where they're trying to figure this out. And it, it's kind of a cool little play where they think that this one guy is grabbing a gun. They go to, you know, get he's just him. a drunk. Yeah, he just has a flag. I mean, this guy, this speech, <laughs> you have to drink something to get through this. this I, and really, when you do go through this speech, he's yelling things. And then you go like panel, panel, page. And then when you get back to it, he's still yelling about Like, he must be repeating himself ad nauseum. Just he thinks that scream. it's like me. I think that screaming on a podcast. That means I have a point. But, you know, no, everybody knows I don't have a point. You end up except between my legs, as people say. But you end up, <laughs> I'm going to edit that out. But you end up where they're there and, oh, my God, gun, gun. They tackle this guy. He has a flask. Like you said, oh, you're drunk. And then Valance is like, really? Like, really? Who carries a flask around? I mean, you got to be pretty. There he is. He's there. You know. Well, he's, he's desperate. And so Valance <laughs> yells, now you're going to end up having, and I'll, I'll tell you. You say that, but the only time in my past that I've really seen flasks are always at either events that are supposed to be for children and people who are pretty much alcoholics. They have mm-hmm. to sneak something like, a, you know, a movie or a birthday party or yep. what I always would see them at all the parades in town. When we would go out and the parade actually goes down our main street and we would go out, there would be this one lady that lived across the street. She's passed on by now, but she was such an odd. She would have a flask. She, and she would always like the thing of, you want a nip? I'm like, I don't want any of that. No, lady, get out of <laughs> here. Uh, yeah. So you end up where he says, oh, my God, this little you know fiasco that we just did, it's going to cause the assassin. They know now they have to react. And they're waiting. Okay, who has a gun? Whatever. 
it's worse. It's a it's a ad at or at ATST scout deal that ends up where they now have to fight something that they can't just you know shoot with a, a mm-hmm. blast or whatever. So Valance runs off, grabs a kid's speeder. You do see as Valance is walking around, everybody's saluting him because he does have that rank for what he's doing and with Vader. So he runs off and grabs this and. Yeah, he's going to go and attack it. And as they go, they're trying to blast it. They're attacking it. He ends up pretty much pushing the speeder into that to kind of just kamikaze into it and knock it down. In the meantime, you are introduced slightly to this general's daughter. Oh, that's the daughter, I guess. Yeah, Yeah, you're right. Remember they say, like the one person says, oh, man, you must be real proud of your father as he's yelling hate (laughs) speech. And so she gets pushed off of this big giant deal. She's under attack and Valance just jumps off to save her. And he does in a way that I swear both of them should be dead. He accelerates through air, through the descent and grabs her. He just jumps and then is able to cat grabs her. And then like in my mind, turn around so they land on his back. But they are falling so far. And so the big damage, she's alive, which, again, she would have that impact just on balance would crush her. Oh, she'd be done. Yeah, she's alive. But with that, he has hurt his face where he's starting to show some of the circuitry, which is what we're waiting for. Yes, we and are now waiting at least for that. we can tell, oh, that's balance right away. We'll see if he gets fixed because Darth Vader may use this as a dig in and say. Like a reminder. Yeah, say you, you failed. You failed. The mission's yeah. a failure because while this is going on. The general gets killed. He's dead. He gets I'm so happy, though. Is that wrong to be happy that he's dead? I know. It's funny. But with that, too, where <laughs> what is Vader going to say? Because this is the mission that he put them on to protect them. He saved a child instead of saving the general. Ooh. And he, they even say it. Even his team are like, that doesn't matter, saving a kid. But that's Valance. That's, you know, that's why we like him. So, yeah, he's all messed up. And I think it's going to be that's a reminder of your failure. And and when you don't have sexy face, what does Valance have then? That's one of the main things that he wanted. And if that's going to mm-hmm. be gone. Then he's going to skedaddle. But you end up with that. You were distracted. And oh my God, we're going to have problems. But we go back to Tonga and Lasha where they do go to where they think that Cadelia is. And yeah, you have this deal where you see that Dengar isn't on the up and up. He's playing both things. He's been hired by Tonga and Lasha. Plus the Crimson Dawn. So they go off. Lasha says, hey, can I come with you? I'm the best shot. Tonga has a a point. If we go in there and and we start having an an attack, we're done. We're dead, which does happen. So, you know, we'll see. But she says, hey, I want to come. I want to be with you. And you get the worst deal here. And it makes me worry about Lasha because you almost get. You get it with Dengar, too. But he always says it's his last job. But. You get with Tongue and Lasha, listen, let's just get this over. We're going to have a lot of time to talk after. It's almost like two days till retirement. Yeah. We're going to have plenty of time to talk about this. And we'll have a lifetime to, you know, be together. It I'll never just works off, so out. Something bad's going to happen. And when we see it, I think it's set up because I actually think that Vukara, I think she comes out of this and she does say, your lovely wife, you know, don't worry. She says it to herself like she's going to be bad. But I, I swear that you're going to get this idea where, she might team up with them because she's pissed at everyone for what ended up happening to her as well. Yeah, maybe, so yeah. Who knows? But with all of that going down, the rest of the team besides Lasha, because she's going to go there and she's going to watch Vukura, who's tied up at this moment, but cutting herself out with the knife that Dengar gave. The rest of them go into 
this facility dressed as pilgrims, dressed as these religious they pilgrims. They said they did that, that in uh, Darth Vader number 18. And it was one of the things where they went to protect people. It, it was a weird tie, and especially we're in the Bounty Hunters book, and it ties into Darth Vader. It, and it's, it's just kind the of a, fact that they're wearing cloaks. Deal. Yeah, the these these are religious cloaks okay. of these, you know, pilgrims. So they're going to go in. You know what we have in everything in Star Wars? They do not have the clearance codes. They can't get in, not. and they they don't even have old ones here. I mean, this is the problem. Usually, in ninety nine point nine percent, you always have the old codes. Like somebody's out there selling old codes, and I swear they're wearing like a trench coat. Old codes here. They open up their yep. their trench coat, and then you say to them, "Well, why would I want to buy old codes?" And they're like, really? They'll go with these. <laughs> the Empire. Yeah, they so work, dumb. man. Trust yeah, me. They're like old, I say, just it doesn't matter. They'll work. Just go. So you end up where they don't even have any codes. They don't have clearance. They don't have IDs, whatnot. And they are being checked as they go into this facility. So what you end up having Dengar showing that, yeah, I thought of that. Press that blows <laughs> just an explosion. Because it's him and his girlfriend are involved in all this and everything going down. So in the fray, they just run in. So they run in. And as they go, I like Dengar says there, you go through their detention level. See well, you are later. you coming with us? He's like, no, I didn't get paid for that. And I love where they start yelling at him. And he says, I don't hear you over the footsteps of me that leaving. That was pretty funny. Yeah, That's that one of the good. best lines That's I've a ever good heard. Joke. That is so good. I've never heard that. using that. Maybe yeah. people knew that uh, before, but that is awesome. And when he says that, there's the Dengar that I love. Get that toilet paper around your head and start talking crap and I'm in. So you have this going on like, oh, man, I hate that guy. Let's go in. But they go in. The worst, though, then <laughs> Dengar gets on the communique and say, hey, everybody. Yeah, there's these fake pilgrims coming off the elevator. Yeah, go he get them. He them out because he's playing both <laughs> things. And he yeah. says to his girlfriend, and it makes sense. He says, listen, I'm playing both sides. You know that. But we're not going to be able to retire from Crimson Dawn. This is like the mob now. You don't just retire. They're always going to have something for me to do. They're always going to pull me back. They're always going to be after me. They're always going to do this. We have to make it so everybody goes down in flames and then we go off with the money and retire. He does seem to want to retire with this girl, but he's got to do this so he's playing both sides. So he ends up alerting everyone. They say, I don't think this is the detention level as they come out and all of a sudden they get lit up. Everybody's firing at them. Mm-hmm. Remember, that's the setup. Tonga says, if we get in a firefight in here, we're done. They're fighting their way. They're trying. You get, you know, at one point, Forlom does some crazy thing that I barely can even tell what was happening. He, like, but flips the yeah, he flips table over the table. or something. I don't know. It's very odd, but he ends up knocking some guys Kicks down, ass, gives them some room. And, yeah, they're everybody's doing their thing. They're going at it. But as they go and they're like, okay, we stop these guys. We got to figure out what we're going to do. We got to go. And, you know, first off, they are really mad at Dengar, but they got to get to Delia. We got to figure out what's happening. We got to do this. And then out of nowhere, which is cool. And this is what gets me going. And in the, the meantime, one review on Comic Book Roundup, nobody's reading or reviewing this, it seems. But the one review said that they didn't like the issue, but they like the cliffhanger. I do as well. When you see the Knights of Ren, I just want something else in the story before we get to the end. This is starting to be a book of cliffhangers. It's starting to be a a deal of like, all right, I'm excited again. This better play out, and I need to know more about that little guy. Look at him. The little Knights of Ren, he's the best. At this point, he's (laughs) probably really pissed off because the guy in front, the main guy, 
his cape is almost covering him up. And he's like, hey, let me get in front. I'm telling you, I love that guy. I love the look of all the Knights of Ren here. And they intrigue me and I'm excited about it. But that's, again, how do you review something and rate it where the score goes up from a cliffhanger when you kind of have to wait till next issue? Uh, Yeah, it's like uh, you're just reviewing the last page. And that's what, you know, and I think that the person reviewing it on the comic roundup wants to be positive about the things like, oh, my God, it's really cool at the end does say it sucks that we have to wait. But said my score was lifted. Mine goes up a little but my mm-hmm. score here is more about the idea of seeing the, the end games of things, seeing Valance get injured again. And, okay, let's get him back. Let's get him back to the Valance that we like. You have Dengar. He's trying to do his things. But I have a feeling either his girlfriend comes to a sad demise and then he's cut free and, and pissed. Or he realizes that she's just cracking the whip. And he goes, I kind of want Dengar and Ochi is what I need. But we don't even have that. But with that. Tonga Lash and the rest of the team, I don't mind, but I don't love. So when we get into this, they're not as big or intriguing as as I think that maybe yeah, even sex right. thinks. It's just kind of getting old. We need something to mix this up. I need balance back and maybe, like I said, a, a different team with some of these and some of them, whatever. Because even the idea with Forlom, you know, and Zuckus, they were really cool part of this team and we were laughing about them. But now they're kind of pushed to the back. You get Forlom, he throws a table or whatever he did. Like, he barely <laughs> has anything to do with Zuckus. You never even. So, all that is just leading me to. I'm going to give it, I'm going to be positive. I'm going to give it a 6 5. I know people say that's not positive, but I'm looking forward to the Knights of Ren. I just, this whole deal and being a, another part one, I kind of need this story to resolve itself and then give me something, its own story, Crimson Dawn not involved in something exciting. Which it's bounty hunters. I mean, you pretty much have anything. And these characters, that's what's kind of cool. You have in the main story, like, you can't do crazy things with Princess Leia. No. Because it's Princess Leia. That's set in stone. But these characters aren't. So let's have some more fun with it. And it just doesn't seem like the fun or adventure that I really am looking for. But what would you give it? I'd go a seven on this one. I mean, I got a little more positive when we talked. I'm going to go seven. I, I, that's what I said. I, I was going to say seven. I'm like, well, but yeah, you, you end up having some stuff that's, you it's, know. It's all right. I mean, it, it, <laughs> it is and all I, right. The art and is think, really good. Oh, yeah. It's a step up from last So maybe week. the art puts me to seven. But the, 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 the I'm assuming Tonga and Lasha were created by um Ethan Sachs. So yeah, I would think that, that might be the that deal. Want so he wants to push him. But it's like one of those, like, does this make any sense? And I'll even go with like somebody like a Naomi at D.C., I like the characters. They seem pretty cool. But the more you get them, you see that they're not as exciting. The the more I'm getting, it's not elevating them in my mind of liking them. I like them enough. But by the end, they're starting to get a little boring. They're starting to have the spark of those characters when you first saw them. Like, oh, that's cool. And maybe they'd go away for a while and come back. That's a deal. But now that we're hanging with them, they don't really have much going on. I mean, they love each other. They're going to go. Hopefully, they get to retire. But besides that, in the each issue, each panel, they don't really they they don't rise above things. They don't end up being like standouts. I, there's nothing to them that is that interesting. No, in when they're with the group, it's not like a Doctor Afra or something. Yeah, I'm trying to explain in a way that does. I'm not being you're hateful right. here. I'm no, trying to not. explain like the idea. They're not as interesting. Where, like, here's Afra, right? You have Dr. Afra as a book. 
Black K shows up and you're like, holy crap, that's awesome. Yeah. And then the characters develop in a way that gets more and more awesome. The evil like, oh droids. my God, that's cool. Mm-hmm. Even in this, even in this Bounty Hunters book, when we first started this, we didn't quite like Valance. Even him where, oh my God, he has a background with Han Solo. He does this, he's that. He's conflict. Like he kind of, you know, got a little better, but Tonga and Lasha, they're just kind of Tonga and Lasha. They're cool. They're part of a group is neat. But as like main deals, I don't think they stand out as much to go with you know a star wars universe and the infinite possibilities of it as well i'm trying to explain yeah, it infinite possibilities you said it correctly right yeah there. and it just and, and <laughs> then like i said then zuckus and forlom are more interesting in in the, the book and then they have to push them aside because if it you if, have them if it were a bounty hunter book like you were just saying at the beginning just different stories about different bounty hunters it would be probably one of our favorite books of the week yeah uh, that's star kind wars. of what i need now yeah and it, it would have been a cool deal because then you could have told get these eventually. kind of stories, but maybe maybe we'll end up like something like that. But I think they they wanted it to be more of a story that can be tied in. But you could have tied in any of that going on. I mm-hmm. mean, remember we had like that one shot with the Forlom and Zaka steal, and that was kind of cool. Like some of the things I like would be like the anthology. See a little more Boba Fett. See some yep. IG eighty eight. Get a little bit of a an idea of oh my god, I never thought I'd see a book where. Greedo teams up with IG-88, but also they have this. You could have had a couple. Well, Greedo's dead by now, but still, you end up with that sort of thing. You could have some really neat connections and things, but we don't. But coming up, we have, what, the Mandalorian book coming out uh, down the line. But that, again, those kind of side ones like the Obi-Wan, and we'll see how they go. But by the end of this, you get Knights of Ren possibly coming in. I'm like, all right, that's cool. So, yeah, 7 out of 10 for both of us. And there you hopefully... Go. I don't get any reviews that say I'm being miserable. Now I'm running (laughs) scared. But I I do still like these books. I just, it's at a part of this, this lull. I just, I want more of a spark. I want more excitement. I want to see things going. And, I mean, I'm telling you, just say we had our anthology book. You could do it still with this. But if we had that Bounty Hunters, you don't necessarily have to end that book when you get to Return of the Jedi. Like, you could have set things up and have things just keep going and just catch yeah. that. Even if you change the time frame of all the others and what you're going to do or whatnot, that could just keep going on as that book and go. But we'll see. We'll see how it works out. Next week, we have the finale to that Crimson Rain. Five of five. We have number five. And we'll see how that affects the rest of the line as well with that. It's, it's obviously going to have to do with the ending. I don't know that you could just have one more issue and say, done. Like, oh, Crimson Dawn, they're done. They went down. So we'll see what that goes. Maybe something happens where they're on the run. But I'll tell you, I don't even know what I could say is really happening overall with the Crimson Dawn. Because I think that them being in every book and mention all, everything gets muddied in my mind of what's going on, especially in the Crimson Rain. So we'll see how that ends, see what's coming up next, all that stuff. Uh, but yeah, that's that seven, uh, seven out of 10 for both of us. So pretty positive. So we will all talk to you next week. Thanks for listening. Uh, please go over to our Twitter at WS Marvel comics. Follow us. We'll follow you back. Go to our website, weird science, Marvel comics.com. And then check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash weird science, where I do have a plan of some extra little star Wars thing, maybe tied in with Indiana Jones, but I haven't been able to have time to get that going. But that is one of the things that I was trying to figure out and working in, but we'll see. But yeah, with all that, thanks everybody. And we'll talk to you later. Go read comics. You are all weirdos.
Weird science is the revolution. Weird science is the revolution. Weird science is the revolution.